Welcome to the Shadow Things Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Shadow Things podcast. I just wanted to come on before we actually start the show and uh, preference this by saying that we had some uh, very disturbing technical difficulties that plagued us um, during the recording of our special UAP UFO show. So this is just a um, just a note to let you know that the following recording uh, was extrapolated um, from our HD video that we have uh, going up on YouTube here shortly. Just wanted to put that note out there because you will notice a difference in sound quality. Uh, We did our best to extrapolate that audio and bring it to you here on this podcast. But please do enjoy this special episode of Shadow Things podcast. So, today we're burying the the goblins and the banshees and the scary creepy addicts and we're trading it for uh, carbon compounds and noble gases of deep space and well hell this the sky above us people are seeing UFOs like crazy nowadays so here on the Shadow Things podcast studio we're going to talk about you love it when I say that <laughs> I just say the whole thing yeah we're going to talk about UAPs not UFOs, because they're not called UFOs anymore. You've got to be PC about everything. Well, I mean, that's the government's term. UAP. I'm going to call them UFOs. I mean, MUFON hasn't changed their name to MEEP. <laughs> I mean, what's MEEP? Well, Mutual uh, Aerial Phenomena, you know. Whatever they are. Yeah. yeah, there's so many acronyms going on right now, especially with the new government. But um, I call them UFOs. That's what they've always been called. Food fighters, flying saucers, everything's not a saucer, though. So Acronyms are the best thing that the government can come up with. You know, they, they, get, they can't do anything else good. <laughs> <laughs> Spend a hundred grand on a golden toilet seat. Right. And then fuck the, or freak the acronyms. I'm going to stop cussing on this show. Why? Um, Fun. All right. Because I'm used to doing the YouTube videos for the for the Wonder Ventures channel, and you can't cuss. You because, don't cuss on No, because you, you'll lose your monetization. People cuss on YouTube all the time. They're not getting paid either. What? Well, they might be, but not not properly. They they will cut your monetization down. So. So we can't say fuck. Well, we Start can on here. We can say whatever the fuck we want. It's <laughs> like the Joe Rogan of paranormal. You gotta so. you gotta beep the uh, beep. beep it for YouTube. Yeah, Mandy was on. This is so off topic. It's supposed to be a UFO show. Mandy was doing. Uh, we were filming down in Point Pleasant a couple months ago. And uh, she was going through the TNT area. Fuck this, fuck that. And I'm like, so I'm editing the video this past week, and I'm hitting the beep button. Like, beep. I, you got to line it up perfectly. <laughs> like, superimpose the track. Beep, beep. 
So I laid down the law yesterday. I said, you can't cuss on our videos. Like, I'm getting tired of beeping you. But anyway, UFOs. So here in the studio today, we got Kurt Ehaus. He's back. He's, he's probably not ever left, really, because he's on every episode going on. <laughs> got Vanessa no, today. I'm not on every episode. Well, you know. You're on this one. That's what counts. This, this is going to be our best episode. So. I hope so. And then we got Kyle, Vanessa's, Kyle. Vanessa's husband. Kyle's not mic'd. He's just hanging out. He's not mic'd. He, I might force him to say something a little <laughs> later on, but he's 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 uh, listening on studio monitors, so I might get him involved. But um, who here believes in UFOs? That's a trick question, by the way. Yeah, it's a very trick question. I definitely do. Because sometimes there's bugs flying by, and I don't know what it was. So it's unidentified. It was flying. Yeah, Absolutely. and in that sense, for sure. But uh, I've never actually seen a UFO. Right. So, you know, and, and not that I haven't tried. I've seen lots of shooting stars and meteors and things. But uh, yeah, but we know what those are. Right. I think. Bolides and meteorites and specks of dust. Well, to be honest, I've never seen one. But... Um, like one time I seen what I what looked like a Christmas display in the sky and it was really tiny and it turned out it was a pulsar, so that was very anticlimactic. <laughs> it was just blinking. Yeah, it was well it was kinda like different colors. It appeared to be different colors. I've never seen you though. Has Kyle seen you though? Has he seen you though? No. Like he's shaking his head no. No. By the way, you can catch us on YouTube if you're not listening to us on your favorite podcast distribution point. Catch us on YouTube at uh, Shadow Things. So it's at Shadow Things. You can see us sitting around the studio uh, looking lumpy and bumpy. And yep. you can see all my crappy display stuff behind me. And uh, <laughs> I do have some cool posters, but um, i got the camera situated where you can't see my uh, robot parts closet. I could literally build a robot with all the crap in that closet. Mm -hmm. um, you should have your aliens sitting out here for yeah. this one. I, hey, uh, Kyle, can you grab the Grady twins up there? I wanted to show Kurt real quick. So I got I got the Grady twins. Yeah, I saw that sitting over there. That's so that, awesome. That is awesome. So I, I, it was like 30 bucks for these. Oh, I, I, I could I like take my money. Well, you said they had other ones, didn't they? Like yeah, they had um, like Annabelle or something. Yeah, Annabelle. I actually put Annabelle back. So you were gonna get, get Annabelle? Yeah, because that that's way more classic than Annabelle. So, well, especially since it's not the real Annabelle. Right. I would, the, the doll in the movies doesn't look like no, a raggedy Ann. It does. Raggedy Ann. It looks like an unraggedy Ann. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of bougie. Anyhow, back to the UDFs, which is what I used to call them when I was a kid, like United Dairy Farmers. So UFOs, UDFs, UAPs, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> I saw one. Yeah. 2012. Really? Canal Winchester. I was driving, um, I, I like to say it's north, but because I live south, I'm heading north into Columbus. Uh, but I was heading actually west on 33. And uh, I saw a bunch of air traffic coming out of Rickenbacker Air Force Base. I'll try to condense this a little bit. Kept driving. I thought that was unusual. There's like maybe six or maybe a little more to eight quantity um, C-10, you know, carriers. Big, big aircraft. They went over the freeway. It was about, I don't know, I think it was about 7.30 p.m. It was dusk. It was getting dark, but 
by no stretch was it dark, you know, in the middle of the night or anything. It's about 7.30. Those aircraft, they took off um, and headed east, uh, directly east. And I traveled down the road towards uh, Canal Winchester, a little closer to Columbus. And um, I got to uh, this one particular exit. Uh, for anybody that lives in central Ohio, it's the Diley Road exit at Route 33, uh, just south of Columbus. Um, on the east side actually, but uh, something caught my eye out the left side of my window or left side of my windshield and it was, uh, and I don't know what it was, mm -hmm. but it looked like a an egg shape or a tic-tac shape um, glowing ball. It didn't emit light, it was the light. It was a very contained source of light. I didn't see a body or anything like that. But Mork didn't come out. Mork, actually, you know what? It looked like Mork's craft, except it was, they don't even know who we're talking about. <laughs> Mork and Mary? Nope. Robin Williams? Yeah. Not even, not even. You know, it for the little, yeah. Not at all. Teletubby uniform. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of. But, um, yeah, I, I seen this, it was an egg or a tic-tac kind of shape. I'm kind of saying tic-tac because of the, the new fad of the tic-tac. Hey, if that's what it looks like. I mean, they used to call them cigar-shaped objects. Yeah, this thing, this thing was not elongated per se, but it was more roundish, but it had a oblong shape to it. But it was all light. There were there was no craft that I could, um, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't make out a craft. But it was about two hundred feet in the air, and it it was heading east down thirty three along the freeway above a field that had nothing in it. No power lines, no towers, nothing. And it was about the size of a small vehicle like a like a Chevy Pinto or, you know, an older. Did it leave a crop circle? It did not. Actually, I went back and looked. But <laughs> there was nothing in there. Like, right. It was just a wooded type, grassy, weedy area. Didn't make any noise, but my windows were probably up. I might have the air conditioning on. Um, I just remember seeing it. It did, it degraded in altitude maybe about 50 feet and then it went back up to about 200 feet and then it got past my vehicle. I did come to a, a grinding halt basically. I think I went down to about five or less miles per hour, almost stopped. And uh, that's dangerous to do on 33. Yeah, and I didn't care about the vehicles. I was, I was just, I would have stopped. I'd have probably got out of the vehicle. You know how you hear on the typical UFO sighting cases, people just stop and get out? Yep. That's what I was getting ready to do. Wouldn't be me. Like Richard Dreyfus. Yep. You know, if the mailbox is shaking on close encounters, that was almost me. But I've seen it, and it's it's something I can't describe because uh, the light was, it was something that I'd never seen before. And I've seen a lot of like Las Vegas lights and ultra bright or bright LEDs and the sun it, it was like looking at the sun but different colors that changed but the, it didn't hurt my eyes at all it was it was brighter than the sun didn't hurt my eyes um, changed from I think it started out blue and went to red and then maybe a green and then by that time it was beyond my sight I just kept driving I do not remember the drive to work 
I was thinking about that. I don't think I was abducted or anything off Route 33 in Canal Winchester. Well, I told you my theory behind that is just you were so in shock, in shock that you weren't yeah. thinking about anything else. Yeah. You know. I the next thing I remember is I thought about it at work. I was like, and I was alone. My coworker wasn't there at the time. I was like, who? Who do I tell? And I was I was in shock at work. Like, I I lost sleep for like three or four days. Like, like what was that? Wow. I would have rather seen a ghost or a shark come out of the wall or something more incredible. I mean, this thing just blew me away. So I don't know what it was. I could have been, I could have had, as, as um, Ebenezer Scrooge said, a bit of bad meat, you know, prior to that, or um, could have had a magic mushroom I didn't know about. <laughs> but I saw that, and it was enough to, for me to recognize that it was probably a quote-unquote UFO. So that's the only thing I've seen. But I've seen like you know the the typical satellites that look like they're you jiggling around. To go down to fifty feet back up. No, no, no. This thing was right beside me, and it was an object. And I I don't know what it was. I, I can't explain it. If it was an actual solid object floating, it was not anything that man built. That's the way I feel. Sure. Maybe it was like spiritual or supernatural or. As Ozzy Osbourne would call it, ball lightning. St. Elmo's fire, I don't know, but it lasted for, the view was maybe 20, 25 seconds. So when you say you, it went out of your sight, like, how do you mean, like, did it? Well, it was going the opposite direction that I was traveling. So I was going east, it was going west. Oh. Well, vice versa. I was going west, it was traveling east. And I was still coasting at about five miles per hour. And it got behind my view to where I couldn't safely keep driving right, okay. and still look at it. That so makes sense. I just kept traveling. So I don't. It's know. always a good plan. That's yeah. always a good plan. Yeah, don't stop to look at the shiny tic tac. Right. But I did see it. Now, Mandy, we should have mic'd her up, but uh, she saw something here in Lancaster that got saw, you know, witnessed by other people. Oh, it's all over Twitter, that. and some on the same date, somebody saw it over top of Walmart. She saw over top of uh, Route 188 on the east, extreme east side of uh, Lancaster, over a cornfield. Saw in her, saw in her windshield view, and then as they passed by it, it was in her rear view, and her son seen it as well. He mentioned it the other day, actually. She said it was extremely large, and then all of a sudden, it's gone. I mean, so what are we seeing? You know what I mean, like. The, the probability of that actually being an alien from another distant neighbor, you know, it, it's, it's... They would have, a, have to have a technology that we are nowhere even capable of achieving at this point. Yeah. I mean... I mean, they, they can't fly here on rocket fuel. I don't think, you know, as we know it. Shit, who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, our current level of physics wouldn't allow it either. Right. Definitely not. So, I mean, so many people are seeing these craft. Now, I, I'm a firm believer that uh, the vast majority is mistaken identity. Sure. You know, uh, airborne clutter nowadays drones drones and people like to people are assholes yeah 
I mean, it, it don't Put a pie pan on a, Yeah, and yeah. scare the shit out of people. They were people, doing that since you know? the 40s, but now they got shit that flies and beeps and blinks and... Hell yeah. And just hovers, like... Yeah, and, and yeah. with even with video technology, to be able to fake something is so much easier than yeah. it was 30 years ago. Yeah, I could probably build a sweet UFO video. And I suck on computers. <laughs> it still comes down to the whole... Every time I see one of the videos that someone has shot, my whole thing is, why were you looking in that area at that particular moment? 100%. I think about that all the That's time. That's the first thing. What made you... It's just like ghost videos, the same thing. Yeah, you know, for sure. Okay, why did you have that set up? And then suddenly that that particular kitchen drawer is the one that opens. Yeah. yeah, what's the story behind the origin of your... What's the purpose? All right. Why are you panning the video on a set of woods with nothing going on in the first place? Right? Because your friend in the monkey suit's about to run out. <laughs> it's not like a video where you're you know taking a video you're on vacation with your family and like you just happen to you know catch something in the background it's not like there was actual actual purpose for that video yeah but when there's not yeah. it is kind of like a head scratcher like and not to go back to ghost because we love ghosts right but but going back to ghost in savannah there was a kid who shot some video at the colonial cemetery and uh, it's very compelling because he was on vacation. He was just kind of goofing around with a giant, you know, news channel 10 camcorder mm-hmm. back in the day on his shoulder. And he shot video of a kid that uh, was just kind of going along and jumped up in a tree and then jumped down and disappeared. And like, I mean, this is like in the, I want to say like 92 or three ish. Yeah. No way he like uh, put that into Adobe Premiere or Photoshop. Well, sometime I'll have to show you some pictures I have that I've taken on, on vacations. Oh, that'd be sweet. We're going to have to do an entire episode one of these days of just unwrapping shit. Like videos we see, <laughs> pictures we take. Yeah. Like. Speaking of, we're going to unwrap the Navy's uh, Gimbal Go Fast and Tic Tac videos straight from the Department of Defense website. So we're going to take a look at what the government released recently as part of their ATIP investigation out of the Pentagon. Um, it's their video. They unclassified it to the public to say, hey, this is what we're seeing. We're going to talk about the the ATIP statistics. And then in 2018, I believe, the, um, the higher-ups released 1,500 pages of declassified documents, which includes some pretty wild stuff that you'd never think the government would talk about. But yet they still bury Project Blue Book. I mean, I think they, they kind of recognize it now as being something that um, if you have any any brains at all, you know it, it, it was a real program and the government did investigate it and you know, part of the whole uh, um, OSU connection here and all that stuff and um, just a fantastic part of ufology history. Um, but I wanted to touch real quick on, we were talking about like it being highly improbable for um, another advanced civilization, and I don't care how advanced they are, how, how highly improbable it would be for... Um, Faster than light travel? Yes, absolutely. Like, it, it's, it's for us sitting here in this room as is, is intelligent as we might think we are, even for all of mankind, uh, we can't even fathom how much energy that takes and time to achieve light speed or even half light speed. Well, the mass increases, which costs more fuel, 
and that's why it's not possible. Yeah. Hmm. Especially for us peons here on Earth. I mean, but I don't care who you are. Like if you're, um, you'd have to have technology that didn't involve propulsion as we know it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, not a gravitational propulsion. You would have to lean more into like a wormholes. Wormholes, yeah, for sure. And warp bubbles is something you're talking warp about. Bubbles. Yeah. Uh, I think in CERN they believe that they actually created a very small warp bubble uh, yeah. a couple weeks ago. Really? Yeah. Now, I know previously at the uh, the super collider, I think it was years ago, but they actually transported an object. They call it an object, but it's more an like, atom. Yeah, particle. Yeah, yeah an atom. They they teleported it. What? It left one point and arrived at another point without actually traveling. Like Mike TV on Willy Wonka? Just like Mike TV. Interesting. Yeah. So, my question is, I don't know, my brain scrambled. You, so... The little milk in there. I know, I'm Sausage. like cross-eyed over here. I don't even know how to get my words together. What makes you think that none of that is possible somewhere else in the universe? Well, I'm a, based on the what we know as far as physics, yeah. the faster something goes, the more the mass of that object increases, therefore yeah. it costs more fuel, and so it, it's believed that you just, there's not enough energy for us to be able to travel at that speed, there's just not enough energy. It would take the energy of a collapsing red dwarf star to achieve half light speed. I dug that up recently. Let me read some to you guys. So let's just consider that our visiting ET, the thing that I saw, or these things that the Navy's releasing, it, you know, they come from a distant neighbor, but not so distant. So our nearest neighbor, under our terms, would be uh, the, the nearest exoplanet. It, the, the planet closest to Earth that could uh, harbor life potentially and live in that Goldilocks zone like Earth is. You know, it's such such a distance from the sun. It's not too hot, not too cold. Well, uh, the nearest exoplanet from Earth is Proxima Centauri B, right? So it's a, bi a triple bi or a double binary st or binary star. So two stars from here. Yeah, it's got cool cool views. Tatooine. Yeah, Tatooine. Uh, it's 4.7 light years from Earth, right? So take 5.8 Earth years, if we were on Earth counting, to reach Proxima Centauri B, traveling at, check this out, 636 million and a half miles per hour, or Mach 829,000. Humans, well, the human speed record belongs to the United States Air Force X-15 jet, which reached, reached speeds of Mach 6.7. So that's far cry to 636 million miles per hour. But is there resistance in space? That's the thing. I think that, I think the resistance, the potential resistance is a means of travel. If you, if you want to go into my theory of how well, I mean, the, the, the lunar lander and stuff that was, what, 22, 23,000 miles an hour? 24,791. Okay. All right. You're so, yeah. super close. This guy right here. 
<laughs> yeah, so Apollo 10 holds the actual human speed record at 24,791 miles per hour, which is super fast, but um, yeah. I mean, how, how do we achieve 636 miles, or 636 million and a half miles per hour? I guess we don't. To, um, well, you know, on, on, on Earth, because the atmosphere, you've got resistance, which is why, you know, our airplanes don't travel as fast as 20, you know, 4,000 miles an hour. Right. In space, there's no resistance. Right. But is there inertia in space? Can humans or a physical being or biological being survive the inertia? The we would be splattered. Well, we would at least. But are you like the only time you're splattered? In, say, for I example, sound. driving in a car is with a sudden <laughs> stop. Yeah. <laughs> so if you aren't suddenly stopping, well, there's no splatter. Well, normal humans can withstand no more than nine G's, even for only a few seconds. We can withstand 5 G's for only 2 minutes, 3 G's for about an hour. Uh, for Han Solo, I like this part, for Han Solo to take off from Mos Eisley Spaceport, weren't we just talking about that? Tatooine at least. Yeah. And accelerate to 3 G's, it would take half the speed of light, or two half the speed of light, would take him two and a half months. At 9 G's, it would take him 19 days to reach half the speed of light. They would be dead long before the spaceship reached that speed. So it seems to me like propulsion as we know it is not the way to go. For us, but is it for them? We're talking about them getting to us. We're still working on going back to the moon. Well, if, if we ever went to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there is some doubt. But, yes. Um, Thanks for that group invite, by the way. Yeah, uh, I do actually think we went to the main, and I think there's reasons we haven't been back, but... Aliens? Uh, I don't know about aliens. Budget? Budget? I don't... <laughs> Please. The amount of money our government wastes on a, di on a yearly, daily basis, even, uh, they, we could have gone to the moon how many times? Yeah, that's true. I, uh, you would think that everything that's here on the, the planet Earth is also up on the moon, so yeah. the resources are there. Why would you not go back? Even Dollar Generals? Probably you said everything. Well, there's a Dollar General on everything. There'll be a Walmart first. Definitely a Walmart and someone trying to sell you an extended auto warranty. Right. For sure. <laughs> Down a crater. Or nowadays it's trying to buy your property that you don't own. Literally. Literally. Well, I'll talk to you about 853 West Central Avenue. Give me a call. And you're like, what? How about, how about fuck you? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean, even the nearest, um, habitable potentially habitable exoplanet which probably is not where these guys flying and these things are coming from they're probably coming from god knows where and i literally mean that uh other dimensions well beyond exactly talk about vanessa looks like she wants to talk about other dimensions so i know i want to talk about so we've talked about earth and space and have we talked about the possibility of our oceans? Oh, damn. Have we talked about that? Like, have you thought about that? That's my question. I didn't prepare for oceans today. Listen, I didn't prepare either, but it's just a thought. Let's talk about it. What do you think? So, we've only discovered what, what percentage of our oceans, like as a human race, we've only 
been able to get into a very minute portion. I only go to my ankles on the beach. Yeah, I'm good. I don't go up in that shit either because sharks. But right. my the point is, is like who's to say there's not a whole civilization that has the means to. Uh, well, but they still have to, you know, get here. You, you still have to uh, look at the laws of physics and stuff, and some of the things that these these crafts are doing. Yeah. As far as you know, our technology anyway, they defy. You know, you you can't go from uh, a hovering standstill in the sky to blinking gone like that uh, without G's. Uh, incredible. An incredible G force. Right, and so yeah. how does that? Unless it's a blob creature or something well, that they're yeah. not affected by. Right. One of the five observables that ATIP assigned to UAPs is the ability for a craft to be a transmedium craft to traverse not only space and our atmosphere, but water as well. Well, there is a, a huge amount of the UFO community that, uh, that study the uh, Submariner uh, yeah. theories. So, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't civilizations that are under there, but when we're, we'll, we'll see with the gimbal and, and some of these videos, the, the things that these crafts are doing are incredible. Mm -hmm. And there's there's just no way, at least with our technology and our understanding of physics, that, that you know, and how, why, if, if there was this society that was living underneath the water, yeah. And I understand, you know, we have to explore, you know, every inch of the oceans. Mm -hmm. it would, it would, we, we as a uh, intellectual society or an enlightened society, depending on how you want to say it, we haven't been around long enough doing studies, doing science, to have even come close. There, there's right. just, you know, billions of, of cubic feet of ocean. Mm -hmm. Sure. And, and it, we probably got another twenty, thirty thousand years at our our level of science to even map properly the oceans. Yeah, I would even maybe give it a little more than that. Just uh, especially based on the interest of mankind right now, which is geared to, you know more towards space. But I'm going to have to bigfoot you. Oh, so okay. if there is a society living there, yeah. where is the dead? stuff rising up on the ocean where you know well here's the other thing if just because we're observing them go into the oceans and lakes uh, there's a lot of sightings in lakes in canada here recently yeah. but upstate new york upstate it, yeah. correct yeah yeah um just because they're observed going into these large bodies of water or smaller bodies of water doesn't mean they're going there for like a base they could just be going there maybe to to cover yeah, study fish. Maybe they're ducting guppies or some shit, you know, a giant sea turtle and doing probing, you know. Probe a sea turtle. Yeah, probe, probing. Maybe they, maybe they want to confuse people. Maybe they want to hide their, you know, hey, people saw us. Quit yeah. ducking in the lake. Right. Right. That's, if I were a alien and I didn't want to be spotted, I would probably choose the ocean. For sure. I mean, where else are you going to hide in a tree? Well, actually, some of them do. So, um, oh, those Kentucky goblins. The Kentucky goblins, the whole hellier thing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we physically don't obviously have the ability to get into some of the depths of the ocean, anyways. 
Like it's just not possible because of the pressure. I think we can get. Kurt, help me out here. We can bring, get bring so far. I think we can go we, anywhere. We've been down to the very bottom. To the Mariana. Yep. Bottom yeah. of the Mariana. Really? Stretch. It yep. takes a special vehicle. In in the well, the window. Nineteen sixties. The Trieste. Uh, a Bathurst vehicle called the Trieste uh, made it down to the bottom. Was that a Cousteau? Uh, I don't think Cousteau was involved, but I think it was the U.S. Navy. Oh shit! Yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. But it's it, it really. I mean, it there's like this little ball that's very thick metal, and like Brent said, there's a, only a window about yeah. yay big. So don't laugh at me, but if we've only discovered a minute portion oh. of the of the ocean, how do we know that Mariana or whoever the hell she is is the deepest part? Uh, sonar technology. Uh, whatever. That's Spanish to but, me. I don't know. But you know, you're also talking about just this one bathysphere that has gone down at one pinpointed spot in the Marianas Trench, which is literally like twelve thousand oh, miles it, long and seven miles deep. It's a needle in a haystack. Right. Yeah, it's like it's like the the radio telescopes, uh, the observatory in Hawaii or Green Bank, West Virginia. They're trained, you know, giant scope, you know, giant radar. Oh, the radio dishes. telescope that used to be up in Delaware. Yeah, the Big Ear, yeah. a part of OSU. It's trained at this giant swath of sky, but it's really listening to a little pinprick in the sky, like a billionth of the total visible sky. Just like James Webb. Yeah, the, James the new, you know, our new telescope that's gonna Which, revolutionize everything. I'm sorry, there's a lot more phases coming for the web, but from what they've released now, I enjoy the Hubble images just as much. I'm being honest. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, are they clearer and further? Yes, but I think they're looking at the same stuff. Yeah. How about okay, like you said, uh, what is it, uh, four light years away? Let's be now on that planet. Yeah, look for the Dollar General on Proxima Centauri B. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah, I, that's what I'm interested in. That's what my money's on. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's got, I think, something good's coming from James Webb, but I don't think we're going to get what people are hoping for. Well, I, I still don't believe that there's an end of the universe. I like that. I mean, that's I don't know if I believe that either, which is overwhelming to me. Yeah. They, Okay, now we got James Webb, and now it's looked what thirteen billion years back, but there's still faint stars sure. even past that. Sure. So you know, I mean, it's so it's such a mind fuck. I mean, like I did Mandy's college. Um, uh, I forget what it's called. Some damn reporter. I forget what it was, but um, it was an important grade that I got really good score on. Um, <laughs> somebody did, else. Yeah, I, I wrote it for her. But, no, you didn't. But that guy who graded her doesn't listen to the Shadow Things podcast. Well, that's either. good. Because <laughs> yeah, she'd probably get her diploma revoked. But anyway, um, yeah, it really made me think, like, uh, Big Bang or not, you know. But that's a whole other show. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree. I think the universe is, uh, who knows where it goes. You know what I mean? I think it's way bigger and way older than they think it is. Yeah. Like, and we're just, we're not even a thought. No. Right? But given that, if it's bigger and older than we think it is, why couldn't there have been civilizations at the beginning, if there was, you know, that, that are advanced enough to say, hey, what's propulsion? Uh, we deem there as sub subatomic particles through um, the hydrogen line, which is 1420 megahertz, which is what SETI astronomers listen to when they look for signals that are audible from pulsars. Why can't there be like an optical 
hydrogen line. You know what I mean? That rides a microwave or a visible spectrum, and that's how they travel. It's not propulsion, it's just them traveling in light. Maybe they're light beings. I don't know. Oh, their whole craft would have to be a light thing. But people are seeing something. I saw something. Millions of people around the world see something. But you know what's interesting? Is that I did some research on abduction phenomenon. Did you know that the vast majority of alien abduction experiencers are in the United States? Hmm. Imagine that. Yeah, so here you got that cultural thing again. Like, in one part of the world, people see the tall grays. Another part of the world, they see the Nordic alien species. In another part, they see reptilians, and so on and so forth. So it's a cultural thing. But here we have... I watch C-SPAN, too. I see reptilians all the time. Uh, I'll, st I'll stop. Cut that out. <laughs> um, yeah, I watch C-SPAN. Um, but... Yeah, that's the, that's the thing, is the majority of experiencers reside in... Well, uh, abductees. About it. Abductees, yeah. And they're all, and for certain studies, there's classifications of how do you become a, how do you become eligible to be, even be an abductee? You know what I mean? So people get inserted in these studies. I don't know, ask Whitley Strieber. Yeah, I mean, and he's actually one of the, the lesser cases that I enjoy of, you know, more popular mainstream. You got the Travis Waltons, and then you got the Barney and Betty Hills. Oh, Travis Walton for sure is uh, probably, in my opinion, one of the creepiest. Yeah, even if you've never seen fire in the sky, right. and you take into account the eyewitnesses, there were five other men with him on that logging venture that say the same thing. Well, they, while he was missing, the sheriffs were ready to charge them with his death. Absolutely. Like they, they killed him and left him in the woods buried somewhere. And what did they do? They stuck to the same obscure story. He was beamed up in some craft. Who, who does that? Like, how do you... That's, that's true. Well, and then, of course, afterward, you know, when, when he showed back up, everybody was like, hold on a second. Yeah. You guys are pulling our legs. Right. This is a big hoax. And they all took polygraphs, and they passed. Mm-hmm. None of them lied about having that experience, but what happened? You know, if you watch Fire in the Sky, the movie, it's horrific. I mean, the guy has his eyeballs spread open and the alien puts a probe in it, fluid in it, and yeah, like, <laughs> and then he crawls through a bag of liquid to escape into some gravitational room with an alien sitting at the end of it. It's like, holy shit, do not let me get abducted. Right. But I think something happened to Travis Walton and those loggers. I mean, how do you explain it? How do you explain the Barney and Betty Hill story? You know, there's well, physical... lost time for sure. Lost I mean, time. You, That's what you even even with uh, people who aren't don't fit the Travis Walton level of, of abductee, a lot of times people who experience UFO phenomena also experience lost time. Yeah. And yeah, I mean that's kind of freaky, which is you know the the hills. Right. Um, what was it, two, two and a half hours yeah. of time missing? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an incredible amount of time. And you can't tell me they were just sitting there listening to Chuck Berry on the radio. Right. In the middle of the highway. Right. It's like me getting out to look at the Tic Tac. Right. I kept going, but unfortunately, they lost two hours. And that case also involved some physical evidence, which I believe is Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind. I think it's physical. Well, actually, it's right here. Where's it at? Right there. Close encounter of the second kind, uh, physical evidence. So the dress that uh, uh, Betty Hill was wearing had some uh, 
substance on it that was not identifiable at the time. I don't know whatever happened to it, but I know someone who had a fragment of that dress that offered to let me observe it uh, at an official event, but um, never, never got a chance to get involved with it. But it was, I mean, since, you know, what was it, 1950s, 60s? Yeah, it was um, that era. Our technology to test things has gotten way better. Sure. There's, I, would, I know it still exists, though. It, it needs to actually be properly tested in the modern sense. Betty's, sure. Betty's sister owns that dress, and, you know, less the portion that was given out to science to test, but what were the results that were tested? Right. But there's still physical evidence that, you know, that came from that case. The missing time is compelling, and there's other cases like Missing time's freaky. Yeah, I mean, what happened? Right. So I can't say I've ever had missing time. In my experience, I don't remember the drive to work, but I think I was in shock. For sure. But, I um, mean, think about it. When you're lost in thought, when you're driving, and yeah. then you get to your destination, you're like, holy shit, I forgot I was driving. Yeah, it's scary because I could have gotten to 55 wrecks. For sure. Way. Like, I realize that I'm driving all the time. Like, I listen to audiobooks, so just imagine. Get <laughs> lost, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, what are people seeing? And what's going on to pe with people kind of harkens back in a past episode where, Kurt, you had mentioned the bedroom is a sacred space, and, you know, you don't want anybody coming into your room at night, right? All right. We, that was our Hat Man episode of number two on the Shadow Things podcast. Yep. <laughs> Please listen to it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's your we sacred space. Blockbuster. <laughs> um, people are having some experiences. Um, They're definitely having something, yeah. I am not 100% sold on the abduction theory. I think I tend to leave on a lean into more of a psychological happening and maybe sleep paralysis. So what was that one movie? Uh, is it called Fourth Kind? That, yeah, uh, I was just getting ready to bring that Took up. place in Nome, Alaska. The is it uh, Mila Jovovich? Yeah, Mila Jovovich. Yeah. Um, Probably they, not. Sorry, Mila. <laughs> <laughs> Names aren't important. Are yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I was that supposed to be a true story? I think that there were fragments of the story plot line that were supposed to be pulled from like Get various real different you experiences. I, the first thing I did after watching that movie is research his. Uh, I couldn't finish I was like, that movie. This movie is real. There are owls in the window that talk Latin and ancient Sumerian. I swear to God there is, but it never happened, right? But the only truth, the only tidbit from Fourth Kind was the, the events, the, the the mystery of Nome. There's missing people that, that you know, that, well, that Nome thing has one of the highest suicide rates of any yes, city in the country. I think they brought that up as well in the movie. So it's you're true. referring to, okay, spoiler alert for listeners who have not seen the Fourth Kind. I don't know if it's at the end, but there's a part of the movie where the, the craft goes above the house. Right, and the cop observes it. And the family just slips out of existence, basically. Correct? That's the very end of it. Is that the very end? I believe so. That sucks. I, I don't remember that, but yeah. that would blow my ass. I could hardly finish that movie. Like, right there's parts where I really had to kind of check out, because it freaked me out so bad. Yeah. So. When, when I hear a water, water bottle expand in the middle of the night at like 2 in the morning, and I hear it, and makes me jump up. I look around the room like I'm about to see a gray. Yeah. I'm getting beamed up, man. <laughs> my butthole's getting... Oh, in signs, in signs, if you throw the water on them, they'll die. So. Oh, yeah. 
just uh, swing wide, Merrill, or whatever it is. <laughs> I wish it were that simple. I'd have water all over the damn place. I don't even drink water, so I'd throw pop on it. <laughs> 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 you get a little more. Um, but yeah, somebody or some everybody's seeing something that that shares it. I just think it's um, and there's a so I looked at the prevalence of people that that actually have these abduction uh, experiences and. Lo and behold, women tend to have more. It's it's like sixty five percent women over over like five studies I looked at are having the experiences. One as high as like seventy four percent were women that have the experiences in North America. And there were a couple of other um, I'm, I didn't I didn't put it in my notes for the show, but a couple of other um, uh, tidbits that that kind of relate to. You know, I guess the propensity of people to have these experiences, um, like low sexual desire among these experiencers and people that had a more of an introvert, um, you know, characteristic or behavior or lifestyle. There were there were certain things that cue you into other psychological issues. Yes, that's what I'm getting at. Now I have had some scary experiences at night. I think we've talked about it in the past mm-hmm. in the Hat Man episode number two. <laughs> Please download. I think I talked about it where I had a couple of did I talk about my out of body experiences and You've probably said them to me, but I don't know if we've ever talked about uh, it on here. Well, I mean you talked about your sleep paralysis. Yeah, well it, one one particular one I remember <clears throat> I remember floating up out of the bunk bed and feeling the ceiling on one side of my body because I had that popcorn ceiling. I could feel it like poking me, and I was well aware I was on the ceiling, but I was supposedly asleep. And I could feel, it's a really weird, feel and sense light behind me coming out of the bedroom window. And I felt like I was drawn to the door. Like it's, it's pretty typical of an out-of-body experience or an OBE uh, for people to feel like a presence just off the, you know, just out of their view. And it's more of a uh, darker presence, like a like a malevolent presence, not good. And I felt that way during that one, but I was able to snap out of it. But why did I have that experience? Now, some people might say right off the rip, oh, you were being abducted. I don't think I was. I just think I was going through some hormonal changes or, you know, but I had the experience. And that's not the only thing that ever happened. I've had other nighttime happenings and can't explain it. But now that I look back, or in retrospect, I probably just had lot going up you know going on in the noggin upstairs yeah it's ultimately possible you look like you want to tell me something different kurt like no you were abducted by yeah, no, no. <laughs> well i i wouldn't tell you that because i i i'm a very big doubter on the abduction tech uh theories or beliefs or whatever right there's no point i'm going to travel you know 25 million light years from home to some really backward planet that's technologically a joke right and i'm gonna abduct a person right a 12 year old boy out of a bunk bed right and for for what purpose and and that's the other thing is i believe since at least since communion the abduction phenomena has actually become much more prevalent so here you are you're a hugely advanced society that comes to this planet 
and you're not only are you abducting people, but now you're abducting more people. Why? Right. Because by now they should know everything there yes. is to know about the the human body, how the human body works. And cows. Look, and how many cows. how many fucking cows do you need? Right. Absolutely. And cow anuses. Right. Specifically. Right. <laughs> is that like a delicacy on a tattooing? I don't know. Uh, so it, it just to me it just seems odd because they're. It's like we want to say that they're doing this for a scientific purpose, that they're studying, but this is an advanced society. They shouldn't have to abduct, you know, 40, 50,000 people over the last century in order to understand us scientifically. Yeah, and researcher Bud Hopkins did a, a pretty important report uh, back in the day, maybe 10 years ago, uh, 2015 actually, where he determined that. Uh, as many as um, I think it was literally like four million people are abduction experiencers. Like four million people got. He arrived at this map through some technique, but I have a hard time following that. But again, I pose the question: If you're an advanced society that's scientifically so far ahead that you can make it 25 million light years, what do you need cow anuses for? Well, you know. Yeah. Why do you need to study four million people? Mm-hmm. So what? Now here's a serious question: What is going on? What is taking the cow anuses? What are people seeing in the middle of the night? What am I seeing above the freeway? We gotta stop saying cow anuses. Cow anus. <laughs> this is the shadow of me. Podcast studio. You told me you could say fuck, but now you're upset about cow anuses. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I mean, it's you know, question now. What are we seeing? What's going on? Well, I don't know. Damn it! You know the yeah the whole cattle mutilation thing. It's bizarre to me too because they say that even the wild animals that live in the area won't mess with these dead corpses. Uh, I have no idea. It's obviously a skinwalker. Got all silent. (laughs) Why every time I say something, you guys are like. Crickets turban. Oh, because we're waiting to see if you got more. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Bring it on, the skinwalkers. No. Well, that's a whole other topic, by the way. That's never mind. That's some deep shit. That's deeper than Jane Willow's telescope. You know? <laughs> never mind the cow anuses and horse mutilations. Us as humans. But what's going on? Like, well, but then there's also that question. So we've got all these cattle mutilations, other, other farm animal mutilations. Right. Yeah. But not one of these abductees has been found mutilated. That's true. that's true. So, why is that? I think that's accurate. Now, the military now says from their recent release of the 1500, uh, let me take my spectacles off because I can't read that close. Oh my. But um, they did say that um, they released 1500 pages, and I'm very sorry, it was April 5th, 2022. So the DNI released a report, uh, 1,500 pages. Uh, it was previously un- unclassified documents, which we should have had long before that. But uh, the report describes 42 cases from medical files and 300 unpublished cases where humans sustained injuries after alleged encounters with anomalous vehicles, which include UFOs. And in some cases, Humans showed burn injuries or other conditions related to electromagnetic radiation. 
Hmm. So people are having. But that's not mutilation. No, it's not. But is that's it not is like a, human bodies being found and yeah. discarded and at the side of the road with their anus removed? That's the chupacabra. <laughs> so that's something different. But but hear this report: our own top officials, which doesn't lend much uh, credibility, <laughs> are saying that there are physical things happening to experiencers of even just observing, you know, maybe at close contact, which gets me into my next story here in a second. Well, they used to say it was radiation. Back yeah. Years and, and it ago. could be. I mean, it could be a traditional radiation, which, again, leads me into something else I want to talk about. But even the government saying that experiencers are having, uh, you know, these physical things go on. Not the implants. Yeah, implants. I mean... Yeah. I mean, there's a guy, I think his name is, um, I want to say Roger Lear. He's a surgeon, right? And uh, I think his, his dad invented the Lear aircraft or something like that. But um, he's he's one of those guys that believes in, um, and I apologize if I get the name wrong, believes in um, you know, the implant theory where he's actually on video. You can go watch YouTube videos of this guy pulling out little metal fragments and little vacuum tubes and little rice grains from people that probably shouldn't be there. And these people are abduction experiencers and they're having these sensations in their body. And, um, he's pulling this crap out of their arms and stuff or wherever. Neck, arm. Not the anus, but, you know, out of their oh, skin. Oh, for the love of God. Cow, cow, cow anus. <laughs> All I gotta say is don't go get an MRI after you've been abducted. Right. Exactly. So, Quickly, back to the psychological portion of it, like, if there's not physical abduction, it's like getting sucked up into a light or whatever and disappearing for three hours, three days sometimes, like, what's, I don't know. What's going on? What about the psychological portion of it, like, so what if it's... People are attention-seeking. Uh, that exists, that's that's a certain thing. I mean, yeah, that's, 98% that's percent certain. of YouTube... Right, yeah. yeah. That's for sure. I mean, you look at the uh, different things that, that Brent said earlier about uh, they're introverted. Um, Which but, is big right there. Right, I mean, so, you know, every humans, no matter how introverted you are, humans are, we're uh, pack creatures. And so even the most introverted person is always looking for at least some sort of contact with other people and sometimes it might get to the point where uh, hoaxing something about your being abducted by aliens uh, fulfills that uh, reaching out to humankind need that every human being has right yeah um speaking of the hoaxing and radiation all that good stuff so i told you to a story off air uh, last time we were in the studio uh, of something that kind of touched me, but I'm going to share it with everybody um, <clears throat> that's listening and watching. But I have an acquaintance, and I've got to be very careful about how I share this. I actually shared the details with you guys, but um, at that point I w wasn't going to give up the location of it, but I am free to do so. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell where this happened. Excellent. Yeah, because I think it really opens up it opens up the possibility that more people will talk 
Well, and also, you know, it's not like uh, that territory is going to like be overrun by UFO nuts because there's nothing, literally nothing out there. Well, you know what? Ironically, it, it has been in the past. I don't know about the UFO nuts, but but certainly the paranormal nuts, you know, like me. <laughs> you know, the people that go out there looking for stuff. But so let me let me rewind a little bit. It's a so, Bigfoot country. It's definitely a Bigfoot country. And uh, uh, Mandy and I took a visit there last weekend. And it's, uh, let me just rewind. So I had an acquaintance. Um, I can't say who or how I know him or anything like that. I shouldn't even use the word he because I'm really trying to protect this person. But um, it's a he. That cat's out of the bag already. Um, so he told me a story. Um, we were talking about ghosts, and I mentioned that I had a podcast, and I'm kind of sometimes apprehensive to tell, you know, just, I, I didn't really know the guy too well, but we sat down at a, uh, a breakfast, and we were having breakfast, and I, we were talking about our personal lives, like, what do you do? What do you do? You know, I have a life. Do you have a life? <laughs> we don't have any friends. But I, I told him, <laughs> I told him, I said, I have a paranormal podcast because I'm into like ghosts and cryptids and UFOs. And when I said UFOs, he just kind of stopped what he was doing. His head cocked to the side. He was looking at me and I just kept listening to me blab on about poor guys. And, the, and I said, and he said, uh, he said, uh, I, I believe in some of that stuff too. And I let, he let me talk a little bit. And then I got into UFOs. I said, actually, I said that I had this UFO experience, and it's the same one I said, uh, I recited on this very recording about a half hour ago, about the one in Cal Winchester. And um, so I, I told that story, and he was just looking at me. He had a whole plate of yummy biscuits and gravy in front of me. And uh, if it were me, I'd have been like, I'd have been chowing down, like, really? You yeah. know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Bring me more bread. But, um, he didn't. He didn't touch his plate and he just looked at me. And, you know, after I was done with my UFO story, he looks at me and goes, said I had something happen to me too. And uh, he said, I'm going to tell you about it. He, he first prefaced it by saying that he had never told anyone outside of the group that it happened to. So he told me, at the time I didn't know the date or the, the, the general time frame, but he told me that, um, that, you know, a long time ago after he uh, went into a senior year of high school, uh, him and some friends were partying and they were in a, an old strip mine um, area of Eastern Ohio, which is a huge strip mine um, region for that industry. But they were in a, uh, a place called Egypt Valley, which is in, in this particular case in Belmont County, Ohio. And, you know, him and a group of about 30 were out there partying you know they had the beer and he described having the imagine the movie dazed and confused it was just like a party at the moon tower <laughs> all right all right <laughs> for those of you who don't know that was matthew mcconaughey just stepped out of the studio <laughs> but but seriously um so they were out there partying and um you know they even had speakers that you know house speakers that they brought out of the van and had them blaring and you know, the, the, the wolves were howling and everything out there, not literally, but they were out there partying at this old strip mine, and at the time it was still a functioning strip mine. I just learned that actually, but um, it's about 30 of them. They had a bonfire going, and you know, everybody was outside, you know, not in vehicles, and they were out there drinking, 
did admit that they were smoking a little of the good stuff. So a little bit of the mean green, which um, doesn't mean anything. I don't know what they had back in the day, but you know, everybody does a little bit of it these days. And um, you know, but going back to that story, it really didn't even make me blink, um, given what he was getting ready to tell me. So. Mind you, he, he, he hasn't touched his biscuits and gravy. And by this time, I'm chowing down, like, Psh, hurry up, dude. <laughs> you know? but he, and then he started telling me what happened. He said, I, I just thought he was going to give me a UFO story. And he told me that they were out there partying and stuff. Um, and one of the guys, or maybe a, a lady who was with them, said, Look at that over there. And they all you know, became aware of this point of light that was fixated in the extreme eastern part of the sky and at, at this part of Egypt Valley it's, it's very high up because of the the soil spoils um, from mining build up layers of um, you know soil that had been already uh, processed for mining so they were on top of like the highest point so you could see for miles and I experienced that myself out there last weekend we were at the exact same spot this happened and um, they could see this point of light on the horizon he described the the light as being uh, very bright and about 10 degrees above the horizon due east so towards Columbus if you're in Belmont County facing east no Columbus is west I'm sorry west thank you Kurt that's why I got you <laughs> yes due west east would be wheeling yeah. So if you're on I-70, but um, so yeah, due west about 10 degrees on the horizon, and then you know they all looked at it like well, a plane or whatever, but then it abruptly moved into the northern position at the same 10 degree level, uh, you know, relative to the horizon, and um, they were blown away. I mean, because this point of light went boom that fast and then it went boom back to east and then back to a southwesterly position on the horizon still in about 10 degrees and it did this for he described to be maybe 10 minutes and you know they're still out there partying they were drunk they were probably high and they're having a good time and that's probably not the highlight of the at that moment so uh, he he told me that they you know kind of brushed it off as just something in the sky you know, but it was it's pretty pretty profound if you really look at it in retrospect but he um he said all at once this this thing was gone but everybody became aware that there was a giant something above them so let me let me paint a picture Egypt Valley is on, you know, they're in the, the highest point of Egypt Valley on top of the spoils, and it's wide open. There's no vegetation that blocks the view of any, you know, any direction. And um, on top of the spoils where they were partying at, there was what was called at the time, and this happened in 1983 in August. At the time, there was a um, piece of mining machinery called the Egypt, or I'm sorry, the Gem of Egypt. So it's the giant earth mover of Egypt. It's a big bucket. A crane that moves earth and um, it was um, 
a Guinness Book World Record holder for a crane. Is that still out there? It's not. They they dismantled it in '90, I believe. Yeah. They they moved it south of um, Interstate 70 and shut down the freeway and did some right. mining over there, and then they killed it. And then there was another 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 machine they brought in, but <clears throat> it's no longer there. Um, but it so the the gem of Egypt stood 220 feet tall and fully erect. Sounds like a Viagra commercial. <laughs> Um, and I got to keep this light because it's it's kind of a touching story to me. But anyhow, um, he said that this thing that they were now aware of, and I do mean that they, all 30 people, witnessed this craft above their heads, uh, which was he described it about 20 to 30 feet above the gem of Egypt machine's bucket, which we don't know how tall the bucket was raised at the time, but if it were at the height of 220 feet, it would put this craft at 250. He said it was much closer than that, so obviously it was not at the full um, height of the, the gem's capability. So this craft hovered 20 to 30 feet above the, the machine, the, you know, the gem. And he said they all, you know, had, had normal will and ability to observe and talk and point and get scared and whatever. Um, but he specifically remembers looking up and not being able to remember like where it started and began in the visible part of the sky. It was just so enormous. And it could have been that they were just so close to whatever it was, but he, and he told me this again as recently as five days ago because I did ask him some more questions, which I was very reluctant to do because how emotional he gets. But he told me that the the bottom of this craft very plainly had tubes, pipes, boxes, and other mechanisms on the bottom of it, as far as he can see. And that it rotated in a counterclockwise position very slowly, but never made a sound. And this is something that 30 people in August of 1983 observed in Egypt Valley in Belmont, Belmont County, Ohio. And um, to move on to what happened next, there's kind of three phases to this story. So there's the sighting of the craft, which I just described. Then there's another phase, which I'll describe. And then there's another one after that. So the next phase was the craft left. He said when the craft left, it was just gone didn't fly or, you know, rocket thruster didn't happen and shoot it into oblivion. It just was gone. And he said all the four people got into their vehicles and got the hell out of Egypt Valley as quick as possible. He said the dust was just flying. You know, it was just, it was an emergency situation. And to me, when I first seen it, I would have been gone. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't stand there and look at boxes and tubes. And whatever came out of Dodge. Yes. Peace. Yeah. Something, <laughs> something that looks like it, it crawled down the side of um, the Wyoming Devil's Tower. Um, I'm gone. You know, something that big. And that's what kind of harkens back to me when I visualize this thing. But um, so they saw this craft. It left. Four people stayed behind, including the person that I'm referring to. So they, they stayed for a little while. And I don't know what possessed them to, to hang around. But... They were, maybe they were too intoxicated, possibly. I mean, I don't know the full tech context of what they were actually feeling like, 
but his story is pretty specific. So next, they were all in the van. So it was him and three other people. They were all in a van and they were listening to music. And then all at once, they became uh, aware that they could not hear anything anymore. All of them described this after the fact. Um, not during, of course, because they had no ability to communicate with each other. They were freely moving, and it freely appeared that they were talking to each other, but they couldn't hear. There were no sounds. They weren't making any sound. They weren't receiving any sound. There were no sounds in the van or outside. Somebody put acid in the beer. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's very, it's very, um, everybody described the same thing. So then, um, the next thing they, they knew, they couldn't move. And everybody was like frozen into a position and the fright factor kicked in and they were all petrified and they all described the same thing by the way and um the next thing that happened is they heard something large or heavy or i'll at least say loud hit the roof of the van towards the back of the van and it it and it sounded like it took traveling steps on the roof of the van towards the front of the van towards the windshield and he said it walked above them and he didn't say what it was or didn't really allude to that. He just said it walked above them and they were all aware of it, but they couldn't move or they couldn't speak or couldn't hear. Um, so my next question was, is how do you know it made the sound of the van, you know, hitting the roof and how can you tell it walked if you couldn't hear? And he told me that that's the only thing you could hear. So that was the exclusive sound. And then after it approached the windshield part of the van up top, uh, the sounds of walking, they all kind of just snapped out of it together and they were sitting in the van. And they were aware of what just happened. And they got the hell out of there. So they left the particular strip mine that they were in petrified. He said they, they went as fast as they can heading down um, Egypt Valley Road south towards route 40 there's only one way to get out of there in that particular area and it's by the little egypt cemetery if anybody has been out there um phase three of this story so they're they're going along at a pretty good clip because they're scared shitless of whatever happened to them whether it be an acid trip or you know cowing and stuff going on but something happened right and they're they're going at a clip down the road because they were scared and they um the headlights met an object off the right side of the road that was walking away from them and they got up close to it and he said this is what he told me a few days ago he said the best way i can describe it is the woman on snow white like the witch he said that it was a taller female figure with a shiny but pointy um, kind of a headpiece fixture that had a cape attached to it and it was just kind of gliding along but it didn't look translucent didn't look like a ghost because when they got beside it they could clearly see it was a woman's face and she didn't interact with the van or anything like that but they said it was the most bizarre sight given where they were there's no population in Egypt Valley at the time and nor there is there now I mean, it's a state wildlife preserve but at the time nobody had any earthly business unless you're out there partying being in the strip mine and uh he just said it was it was 
just as unusual and shocking as the fan experience. Not for me, it wouldn't be quite as unusual as the giant UFO that had the pipes and shit above the van or above the above the shovel. But um, he had those things happen in one evening. So the thing is, is that he got very emotional about it when he told me the story, and he broke down crying in the middle of a restaurant as he's telling the story. And I didn't know this guy from Adam, which made me emotional. And as I tell the story more, I get better at telling it because I just. You could feel the pain coming out of this guy. You know, he's he was, he said, uh, something happened to me. I said, I know it did. And then he felt comfortable telling me about it, but here's what's compelling. He said, right now, I will give you the, the phone numbers because he keeps in touch with these people of the three others that were in the van. <clears throat> so that tells me that, you know, there's some credible, and it's not like he would say, hey, this guy's going to call you, tell the same story. No, he said, you can have the numbers now and ask them. So, and he, he says that they would tell the same story. So, were they high? He freely admitted they were drinking and smoking a little pot. But, um, and things, the descriptions, the descriptors are a little specific and profound for like a 1983 night out on the strip mine. You know, and 30 people saw this. Here's my purpose of, uh, of, of kind of telling this story on this podcast is maybe there's 30 people out there that uh, can contribute to the story. So my plan, you know, we visited Egypt Valley. Kind of, there's some ghost stories out there too. We were out there kind of checking out some memorial stuff where a girl did get killed right by this UFO experience point. And uh, oh, it's Bigfoot country too. It's Bigfoot country. It's very creepy. Um, we did go out there for a couple of different reasons and for that reason, but I'm going to go back in the fall and I am going to, first of all, get a four wheel drive and make sure it's cold as shit because the horse flies are <laughs> awful. It, it was like uh, war of the worlds, you know, shit flying everywhere, trying to attack you. Um, so we're going to go back in probably November. And what I want to do is take a decimeter or, you know, Geiger counter or something out there. And I want to sample the soil where that thing was so close to the, to the ground and see if there's something left in the soil that's radioactive. Hey, it's worth a shot. I can't I can't go back to that moment, but I can sample the closest thing, which is the soil, which is still untouched relatively from 1983 because they're spoils. Right. They didn't the the land uh, recla reclamation laws had not been a thing back then yet. So it's now it's all grown over, but I can find land and sample it so we're going to go do that cool so he's interested you know to see what we find but so what do you what do you guys think when you hear that besides acid <laughs> even acid's fine i don't really like when you first told me the story and you didn't really know the time frame you kind of assumed it was like mid to late 70s yeah well I wasn't even thinking drugs for whatever reason. Like I should have probably been like, hey, you know. But I didn't even. That wasn't even my first first thought. Was like, it's still very difficult to have a shared experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On drugs, like uh, where everybody tells the same exact story. For so, sure. It could have been a situation where one person was leading the story, and they were all like, "Oh yeah, that's what happened." It could be, but 
this guy cried in front of like 15 people in the middle of a restaurant. And this is a guy who's a little bit older than me, and you know, just a, just a regular guy. That's what really got me. And he was ready to give up his phone contacts to prove his story. So it was very compelling to me that something happened to this guy. You know, just like something happens to people in the middle of the night when they hear the water bottle expand and it's really an alien. <laughs> It's, it's when you hear it crinkle over and over again, you got to worry. I'm not waking up. <laughs> the cover's going over my head. And I'm wishing it was Hat Man at that point. Oh. I would trade the Hat Man. Well, I won't say that. I go get the Hat Man tonight. Yep, you should have said that. <laughs> yeah, so um, if you were to ask those 30 people, they would straight up tell you they can travel here. I don't care about mathematics or propulsion or quantum physics or general relativity, these people, these things, maybe people, are traveling here. So maybe it, it involves time travel. It's us. You know what I mean? It's us. Well, that's, that's one of those other theories, just like underwater, is that it's time travelers. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on digging into that story further, like beyond testing the soil? Like, would you ever call those people? Absolutely. Yeah. I would, and I, and I may talk to him a little bit further about assisting yeah I think he was willing at one point and I told him I was going back first of all he looked at me like I had five heads because I told him I was in Egypt Valley that weekend he was kind of like why like, <laughs> are you nuts um, so has he ever gone back there never he said he won't he said he said well why didn't you call me at lunch he said somewhere else he said because I'll never go back there he tell he tells his daughter to never go there as well. She's a grown-up and she knows better. She knows the story, of course, but outside of his family, he's not told anybody. He did ask me to not tell the acquaintances that we share together because he's uh, just reluctant to be looked at like a you know, weirdo or something, you know, somebody with a flight of fantasy. But to me, it's perfectly normal, you know, not on that deep of a level, like, that was some real shit that happened in that restaurant. Like, I didn't know this guy from he. The better yet, he didn't know me, and this guy is pouring out because he 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 could feel that I understood because I had an experience myself, especially when I let on that I don't remember the drive to work after my sighting. I think he was kind of leaning into, "Hey, you got scooped up, <laughs> possibly," but um, he so, did ask me to keep it very on the down low. So I just I wanted to give up the location. Though. Did he experience loss of time? Um, I, I can't need, remember. I need to ask more about that. I can't confirm or, you know, I can't yeah. answer it in, in the affirmative to that. So it's something I I think it, I would like to build like a historical case on because it's, it's, it sounds like a pretty big deal that happened. I'd say. Yeah. So, you know, you were talking about having different statistics, especially around the uh, abduction. Yeah. Do you have any that, when's the first time, historically, anybody reported being abducted by anybody? Not, I personally don't have any of that data, but I think it probably goes back to the beginning of time. Right, but I mean, I'm, I was just curious if, if there's any of that somewhere that you could, you know, I can find anything. <laughs> I may not know it, but I've got Google, which you got to be very careful about. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's some uh, historical data that even pinpoints time and demographics and, and everything else. But it's well, I mean, you're, 
UFO people talk about, you know, succubus and incubus and, and ancient times and stuff and that same thing. Yeah. But, I mean... Is it all tied in? I, I think so, but I don't think it's on a level where people think it is. I don't think that... I think that 99.9% .9 of the cases are not aliens. I'm just going to say it. I've seen a UFO, but I'm officially still on the fence. Like, but people are seeing stuff. People are seeing Bigfoot in the woods. You know, I mean, I believe in stuff like that, and I haven't seen it, but I believe in it. You know, there's, I believe in people. I believe people have experiences. I don't think they're such great at interpreting what they experience, though. because we all have human uh, tendencies to over embellish and have fantasy about. You know, the I want to believe shirts. Well, shit, yeah, I want to believe. You know, mm -hmm. I want uh, green men coming here and well, and that's also leaving me alone. Know, but the the way that that we perceive our world, and also the way we categorize what we don't understand. Yeah. Um, so you know, you were talking about how you were in shock on the way to work, and that's because yeah. you were trying to process. Your brain was trying to process what you experienced. It, man, it was fantastic. Like even to this day, I can still see it. It's like. It was a fantastic thing that I saw. It was otherworldly. I still can't explain it. And if I think about it too long, I'll stay up tonight thinking about it and not sleep for tomorrow. Right. Did tomorrow. it burn your retina? The light. A serious question? Yeah. I, I don't remember. I don't remember. I didn't have any, like, um... Like, you know, headlights may give you the, the spots. The spots, the lights. I don't remember, because I, I just remember it being so brilliant, but it did not affect me in, like, a, um... You know, I got a squint kind of way. It wasn't overpowering to where it hurt to look at, like the sun. The sun you can only look at for a second, maybe. But uh, unless you're a moron and stare at it and want a blue spot for a week. It didn't give me any, any of those effects. And trust me, I didn't take my eyes off this thing. And it was brighter than the sun, but it did not hurt. It was the most brilliant colors. And it, it, was, a, it was a gradient um, effect where it changed into different colors. Just like a LED light on the back of a TV or mm -hmm. you know underneath someone's car, it was like that. But it was just it was the size of a small car, 200 feet in the air, and it happened. I saw it, and it and it was right after a bunch of aircraft took off of um, took off from the airport. Which, by the way, I do have an official FOIA request into the uh, Air Force for uh, radar data for that very specific day that it happened, and I have. Been, I did hear back from the <clears throat> the Air Force about it, and uh, they agreed to fetch the records. So here's the thing, though. When I get the records, I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at, because I've looked at radar data, and it's very... I would have to turn it over to, like, a air traffic controller or someone who knows how to interpret all that stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not... I'm not super oh, dumb, but I don't know how to read that shit. You're right. saying like C one thirty, is this a possibility of a of a parachute flare? Oh, no, no. No. It would be I would see around the parachute flare. Now I would say that I would say that it was brighter than a parachute flare, but parachute flare would be in the order of magnitude, you know, that bright. Well that's why I was asking. Yeah. That's good, but um, no, this thing, this had, it had a definite uh, finite shape to it, but it did not 
breach that the barrier, the, you know, the diameter of that shape. There was no light aura. I didn't see anything glowing around it. I didn't see a craft. I saw the light. It was just like this mouse right here was flying 200 feet in the air and it was bright as the sun, but you could look at it. And it went like this, went down about 50 feet, went back up just like that. The four drones that we, consumer grade drones, um, I don't know what the hell it was. So I got the FOIA request out, Freedom of Information Act um, request to the, the Air Force and I requested the, the flight uh, aircraft, air traffic control radar data from that specific date. And they said they were going to to fetch the data, but they can take four years. So I got that I got that confirmation about three years ago. So maybe next year we'll have an episode to share that on. So I'm waiting maybe, on that. Maybe, maybe it'll be here next week. Oh, it could be. <laughs> it could be. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing what happens. But... I'm also going to fetch to or do a FOIA request for Mandy's observation of the big craft out on the east side of Lancaster. But people are seeing something, and I think that uh, I don't think it's all psychological. I don't. And let me ask you: Could could grandiose sightings and even um, uh, sightings that are like community sightings when there's more than one people? Um, could that be like a mass hysteria in that case? But can that happen? Well, sure. I mean, you could have a mass hysteria event that... Uh, it's probably a light being in there. Yeah. Just, for those on the YouTubes, let, let us know if you can see something floating around us right now. <laughs> um, the, but the chance of, you know, Sally over on the east side of Lancaster and... George over on the left side of Lancaster, both, both reporting the same thing, exactly the same thing at two different times, but the same time, you know, they're reporting seeing something. I don't see that it's mass hysteria. Uh, I mean, you can't, they're, they're both, let's say, they call 911 because what they're seeing. Yeah. The dispatcher's the only one that knows that two people on complete opposite sides of town are having the same exact experience at the same time. Now, once those reports are done, then you've got Jane and Bill who decide, hey, I want some of the popularity. Yeah, I saw it too. Yeah. So that's when you get into the, the you're, you're going to see much more. Yeah. Once it's reported and it's publicly known, then suddenly everybody's had the experience. Do you think law enforcement <clears throat> is susceptible to join in on the fame? Like the oh, absolutely for sure. Because there was a case out in um, so it'd be it'd be eastern uh, Missouri, the the St. Louis area, which is along the Mississippi River, and western um, Illinois. There's a famous case along that uh, western Illinois county. I can't remember what it is. It borders um, the St. Louis area on the on the east side of the Mississippi River. But it's a famous case out there where and they were seeing this craft it was a black triangle craft that not only was normal people seeing like school teachers and soccer moms but law enforcement were and you could you can retrieve the dispatch audio now and hear them going ape shit and these are deputies they're like and you know local um uh you know regular police and sheriff's deputies they're going ape shit about this black triangle that's floating towards you know st louis side and these are law. These are credible. You, I mean, there's some shitty cops, right? 
and they're great cops, but they're people. Are, are they they're people? Are they susceptible to join in on the fun? Absolutely. Like, yeah, I've seen a black triangle too. Yeah, he doesn't want to be a part of that. And then at the same time, you've got you know military also. So you've got uh, uh, what is it? This uh, Sheffield, England area back in RAF Bentwaters. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in that instance, but you're also talking about you know a, a group. Of like 30 soldiers that at the same time see the same thing. I was gonna say, is there not a story about a Los Angeles where military saw and shot at and shot at some the, kind the of the Battle of 41? Yeah, yeah. That that there's a famous photograph of the anti-aircraft artillery being exploded uh, within the searchlight beams at something. Yeah. Uh, my opinion, it was some kind of Japanese. Uh, balloon bomb, balloon craft, or something, possibly. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had balloon bombs that actually exploded in uh, Pacific Northwest in World yeah. War II. So. Right. But then you also have what was it? The three uh, UFOs over Washington D.C. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was in restricted airspace. Yeah, that was the no-no period. Well, post 9/11's no-no, but yeah, there, there, there was that. I mean, and even this A-tip report admits that the majority of these cases occur over uh, military training areas or government installations like RAF Bentwaters in England or um, some of the Minuteman missile silos that are in like Montana and some of those regions where our um, missile silos are located and there's even been cases where these anomalous objects have been spotted over these bases and fucking turn on and off the nuclear buttons to these missiles. Like in Russia at the time, I think they were in the Soviet Union at the time when this particular set of events happened, but in the same like day or the day after experienced the same thing over in the USSR with their missile silos where this craft was sighted over top of the their silos and it they accused the United States of sending a drone or something and deactivating their missiles and it wasn't us it wasn't them because we couldn't do shit like that back then in my opinion so what's going on mm. you know if, if we can't travel those distances in space i mean what 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 is this so atif um they they classified everything as being um you know either one thing or the other. So <clears throat> they leave you with, let me pull it up here. UAP incidents fall into one of five potential explanatory categories. Number one is airborne clutter, such as balloons and you know, shit that flies around. I think a lot of that is what people see. And then natural atmospheric phenomenon ball lightning as Ozzy would put it or you know whatever uh, swamp gas blah 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 lightning um, US government or US industrial uh, developmental programs stuff that we're not supposed to know about um, the other one is uh, and that's number three but number four is foreign adversary systems so in other words the Chinese and the Russians having some cool shit that we don't know about and then the fourth category is a other bin or catch-all bin where they can't explain it. So, which, which bin is the biggest? 
Well, <laughs> so listen to this. A handful of UAP UAP appear to demonstrate. Now, this is coming from the DNI, right? The official government explanation. Uh, a handful of UAP appear to demonstrate advanced technology and 18 incidents described in 21 per reports. Uh, observers reported unusual UAP movement or patterns and flight characteristics. Some UAP appear to remain stationary in winds aloft, move against the wind, maneuver abruptly, or move at considerable speed without discernible means of propulsion, which is important. Um, in a small number of cases, military aircraft systems process radio RF energy uh, associated with the UAP sightings. In the Nimitz encounter, I believe, um, which would be, I believe, the Tic Tac, mm -hmm. um, is that is something going on in there? Like, I just see lights. There's a couple of your recessed lighting there that just keep. You're probably, your light bulbs are probably burning out. I don't know about that, Kurt. <laughs> it's a skinwalker. It didn't happen to the podcast. You don't want that to be a skinwalker. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I'll take the hat man and the uh, whatever the hell you're talking about. But, um, yeah, I mean, the U.S. government has another bin for things they can't explain. So, um, what is it? I mean, so there, I think there was one report that they were able to say they had a high degree of confidence that they could explain it as a weather balloon. The rest of them fell into other categories. Even if it fell into the other stuff, they still don't know what it is. So I, I wonder at this point, especially since, you know, everybody these days especially knows that we can't really trust our government that much. Right. Mm -hmm. Why there isn't, like in Project Blue Book's day, an independent non-military person or group of people that are also helping the government evaluate these things. Yeah. Mm. Because they want to take the control of the wheel. You know, okay, well, uh, but, okay. Let's, let's take your let's take your other bucket. Mm -hmm. This is the other things. These are the things we can't explain. Right. So you get five or six uh, uh, physicists, uh, uh, a couple of theologians. I don't know. Yeah. And, and you, Which would be great. And you put the, this group of intellectuals together, and you examine the military's evidence that they can't explain. And they sit down and try to come up with an explanation because, just, you know, honestly, the government can't, you know, do what they're supposed to do right, let alone, you know, examine evidence. I, I totally agree with that. Um, I don't know. I, like I said, I think that... Hand it that, over to private industry. That would be giving up too much control. Like, I think in, in the Blue Book aspect, they gave it to... J. Allen Hynek, which in the in the eyes of the public was not the military. Right. You know what I mean? Because he was from the private sector. He was an astronomer, professor at OSU. Um, but he he was just as uh, to me in on it as he he took orders. As a civilian, I think Hynek took orders uh, to say what he what they wanted him to say. Oh, I definitely think that his arms were twisted at times. Yeah, but he had an opinion, and you could hear that come through sometimes. But 
I wanted to take a look real quick, and we're going to put it up on the YouTube uh, portion of this broadcast uh, so that everybody can follow along with us. But we're going to take a look at the the ATIP releases of, um, and everybody's seen these before. They've been on Fox News, CNN, just mm -hmm. about Good Morning America, you know. <laughs> They've been everywhere, probably on the view. Libby and the View and Barney and you know, <laughs> Dora the Explorer has probably looked at it. But uh, we're going to take a look here. This is going to be our first video review in the Shadow Things podcast studio, <laughs> and we're going to we're going to kind of look at it and analyze what's going on. But this is going to be the GoFast um, gimbal and the um, there's a FLIR video as well that I'm not really familiar with, but it demonstrates a a target without propulsion that is observed uh, being locked in to the FLIR um, camera, but it breaks that at a high rate of speed, which is pretty interesting. But let's take a look here, and viewers can follow along right now. But this right here, we're going to let the audio play as well, is the go fast. I want to stop there before we move on to gimbal, which is what we're going to see next. But uh, one of the one of the more famous um, kind of tw in the Twitter world um, skeptics describes the Go Fast video that we just watched as being a helium balloon moving in the same linear motion across the ocean at that speed. But he says that it's because of the distance of the the balloon versus where the surface water was versus where the camera was. He thinks it's a balloon going aloft along the top of the water. To me, that's it doesn't look like a balloon. Oh, no. I mean, because you would think it would it would it wouldn't be so linear in its travel. The, the only thing I have to say about that is if you can hear the uh, uh, I assume they were Navy pilots. Yeah, they're pilots. Um, he was trying to get it captured by his sighting right. equipment. And he got all excited because he actually was able to, which means at first he didn't think he was going to be capable of it because the speed that it was going. Right. That there, you're talking about a fighter pilot. These guys move at incredible speeds. Yeah. So he knows what speed looks like. Yeah, I, I don't think you'd have a problem discerning a craft like that from a, a helium balloon that you a might A helium balloon channel. is going to dance around. It's not going to be in a linear it's motion. Gonna it's going to go this way and that way and probably yeah. with the winds and probably waves. fuck off at some point in the yeah. breeze, right? Or get caught in a or wave. Or get caught in a wave. Yeah. It, it, to me, it's insulting almost to even have that introduced as a, as a theory. I, I understand it. And there are balloons that get mistaken as UMP UFOs, sure. but go fast, I don't think it's one of them. Yeah. You got multiple sensors picking this stuff up, and like you said, trained pilots, there's a there's a backstory to it too. Before What that, altitude was he at? I don't know. It, it's actually on the flare, the heads up, we could take a look at it again, but um, they were above it, of course. I don't know how much above it, but the backstory is is that there were there were additional crafts that were sighted um, and the tic-tac shape and the same characteristics before this, the same day, the same flight run, I believe, by other pilots, um, where they observed, and 
an object like the Tic Tac going from 20,000 feet to sea level in a matter of seconds. A helium balloon does not do that. Mm. I don't care if you deflate it. I don't care if you put a bowling ball in it. You know what I mean? Um, terminal velocity won't sink that thing fast enough. Uh, that is something, in my opinion, that mankind has not made. Drones don't go that fast. There's mm. no means of propulsion, which is one of the five observables that you look for in these high-level cases. But let's look at go fast one more time. speed but more interesting uh, it comes to pretty much a complete halt and rotates as if it's on a sophisticated gimbal device um, so it, it does some angular stuff here in midair and, and goes at a speed to where a conventional aircraft would stall out and plop in the ocean right so this was I believe this one was captured over and our community can correct me if I'm wrong but I think off of the Jacksonville Florida coast one of these most famous releases were, but I want to say that it's this one, but correct me if I'm wrong, here's Gimbal. You can see it slowing down. So that that was gimbal. Um, again, one of the the most famous um, Twitter sphere skeptics. Uh, he's really good, by the way. I enjoy his work, but I don't agree with him on these videos. Um, he said that what you're looking at is the backside of. Um, uh, an afterburn thruster from another jet that somehow from he built this model this animation that showed how all that works and because the gimbal rotates with the camera and we can look at it one more time it rotates with the camera but it's offset it doesn't happen simultaneously he said because of that it's actually it's uh, the back of another fighter jet that um, was captured in a in a weird manner and it's just the optics the illusion of the camera you know that we're looking at it's not actually a, a, an object that's floating beside the the you know the, the aircraft that shot the footage um, but it's something that is in front of it well how does he know I, mean, I, I I'm looking at the screen and there's nothing that tells me anything about you know, what speed they're traveling at, what, you know, where, what, uh, if the camera is looking forward sure. on the airplane. So, I mean, you look at this and 
I'm assuming that that's your horizon, but the plane is, is actually not even with the horizon. That's my assumption. Right. So he's tracking this thing. You can tell that he's flying. Now, I don't know if this is heads up. Uh, uh, display? I don't think it is. Or if this is a camera that his navigators moving around in the back. Yeah, all of that information out is out there, and he 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 tried to tear it apart. Well, here's the thing: if the military couldn't tear it apart, why would they release it? Well, and it, say I don't know what it is. Right. They they would go. See, we we figured this out. This is what it is. And the military doesn't want to talk about this shit. Right. You know, they don't they don't want us knowing that there are, especially on the foreign adversary part. You know, they don't want Americans believing that the Chinese and the Russians. How powered? Yeah. Or they don't want, and this goes back to the whole disclosure thing, they don't want to disclose to the U.S. people, you know, the United States people, or the citizens, that there are little green men visiting planet Earth because it reaches the depths of people's beliefs and well, religion. And, well, it goes beyond that. It proves that the deep state really does exist. And that is a fact. That is a fact. We're going to take a look at... Uh, video nicknamed FLIR. So this is the one where it breaks the lock of the FLIR. And it's kind of a longer video, but it, you can see it moves off at a high rate of speed uh, towards the end of the video. So this is FLIR forward-looking infrared. So that to me looks like a tic tac. For sure. It is a perfect tic tac shape. Um, to me, there's no wings. There's no visible propulsion jettison from the object. If you look at it closely, it almost looks like. I wish I could. I'm gonna go back real quick. Take a look at that. It almost looks like it has two parts. I'll back here. Kind of like a um, like a, a chain link, like a bicycle chain link. And you'll notice there's an aura around some of this footage, uh, a couple of the different crafts that were captured on these flares. The aura is not representative of a, a Bob Lazar gravitational field like some people think. No, it's temperature. Yeah. And it's the way that the camera interprets it. So you can see plainly it's credit unit, U.S. Navy Department of Defense, and then it's gone. As quick as it was, uh, as quick as it's gone. So there's the, the, the three famous ones, but I'm sure that um, there are lots of more. And supposedly, according to filmmaker Jeremy Corbell, there's a whole kettle full of shit coming out. Everybody's still waiting on it, but the Tic Tac video supposedly has about four minutes additional that we weren't privy to as public, so why not? Like, right. I want to I see everything. You know I, what I mean? Absolutely. If they, I, I want to see the other file. Yeah. All of it. All of it. The other bin, yeah. yeah. And there you yeah, have that's, folks that's fast-forwarding two weeks in I, the future. I don't need to see the, the ones that you know, our U.S. military. Uh, I get it. Where I, you know, the that session you know, uh, for this we episode. Confidential, you know, and so I we were getting some, uh, I don't know, some, some 
kind of odd electrical <laughs> uh, disturbances yeah. happening in um, the room adjacent so to the studio just here. the other bin. And, yeah, the other bin um, worked for me. I mean, you know, we were discussing, as you could hear, if you go back about a minute or two totally from here, here we were discussing some of the evidence and um, the, the ATIP program yeah, and wanting to see the other bin file and then our um, recording a little bit of chatter there. And then all of a sudden, Stop it. the computer the um, application, which we drive our, yeah. um, you know, our the audio from, gone. just this freezes and shuts gone. down and has this crazy air that we've never seen before. So it's almost like the powers that be didn't want us to talk about this anymore. That's kind of kind of hokey pokey to say, but it just didn't line up. We've done a lot of recordings here on the same software um, and same computer in the studio. And have never had this problem with any of our ghosty shows. So just find it kind of odd that our special UAP UFO show had a total malfunction as far as retaining audio. So um, we appreciate you listening uh, to this episode, although it was lower quality than we'd like to have uh, delivered to you. But um, nonetheless, we appreciate it and we're glad to be able to get it online for you to take a take a peek at or take a listen to. And uh, we hope you did enjoy as always, check us out on YouTube and, um, you know, do check into our other previous podcasts on uh, your favorite podcast distribution network. As always, stay in the light and out of the shadows.